There you go. There's BV uh, post game talking about how well everything went, and I agree. Thought it was awesome. Really, really good stuff, start to finish. And I guess really it started on Friday. Some of the events and stuff that they had going on in the evening carried into uh, Saturday morning and with recruits, uh, hosting a, a full lineup of recruits and families, and then directly into the game. And I'm sure even after the game, tons of former players there, as we've talked about. You know, something we haven't really even – shocker. We made it through an, an entire hour and didn't even talk about the first appearance that we've seen of Dylan Gabriel and how he performed. Because it's not a finesse sissy program, Teddy, that's run by the offense anymore. It's about the oh. defense now with Brent Venables. That's why. No, I, I, I was going to get to that here. First off, though, um, do you think – Brent's going to be okay once the season actually starts. Because every time he shows up to an event, whether it be a, a basketball game, the airport, or even the spring game on Saturday, it's like he carries a microphone in his back pocket and he's always ready to, Sue the fans! How we doing? You know? And <laughs> it, it, is he going to be okay once the season starts? Or are we going to be delayed no. every single game 10 minutes because he's going to be saying, Sue the fans! I need the palace to be crazy! I, that's just kind of his thing. Yeah. Maybe they'll start doing like a high school pep rally uh, <laughs> the Friday night before the game, and he's going to go so. grab the microphone. Um, no. Nah, uh, he, he had the microphone to address the crowd, and he also had his typical microphone, which I believe was wired into the coach's headsets because I saw him – screaming into that microphone plenty of times during action in the, in the game, which was pretty good. I think we had a hot uh, mic. Awesome. Like, not that he said anything bad. It was just randomly in the second quarter. and you can oh, I mean, When the ref's mic was on? His, his voice is easily recognizable, you know? And, yeah, you just, like, heard it for about two seconds. Like, oh, there's BV. Yeah. Yep. He was, uh, he was correcting someone <laughs> and you could hear it through the ref's mic uh right there that was yeah. awesome well um really good what what would you think about dylan gabriel that the first throw of the day they tried to throw a bomb to mims and he found out what that wind swirling in the stadium uh, can feel like yeah it it was um hey they got a pass interference call on it well, no what did they get they got a hands, hands to, to the, the face, face call on yeah, it right? hands to the face um i thought he looked pretty good I thought, you know, there were some throws that were off, but I thought he made some really nice plays. I thought you perhaps didn't get to see some of his best stuff because of some early whistles in the backfield where I think that he probably would have found his way out of those and uh, created some, some off-schedule stuff like he did to Theo Weiss. Um, I thought what I was most impressed with and I think is – the most important is the command of the offense. Yep. And I thought he looked totally in charge. I thought, um, you know, he was always pressing, getting guys to the line of scrimmage quickly, uh, communicating, didn't see really what I would think of as miscues out there, you know, uh, pre-snap, like uh, mental mistakes. And I'm sure there's a bunch of them there, but just to the naked eye, there was nothing just – glaring that was out of sync or out of rhythm or everyone not being on the same page. So 
I think all in all was a, a really nice showing for him. Arm strength isn't going to be a question. Even with the wind, um, we, we, we can see that. I think sometimes he had maybe a little bit too much velocity on some throws in the middle of the field. Got on those wide receivers maybe a little bit quicker than they expected. But the command of the offense was there. I, I liked the way that he moved around. If not for the two-touch system on the quarterbacks, he scores the first touchdown of the game on that one-yard run right around the goal line, I think. So, all in all, I don't. I mean, I don't think anything he did surprised us. It was more of we walked away saying, yeah, that's that's kind of the guy that I thought he was. In command of the offense, has a has a really good arm, and he's going to have a really really nice year this year. I don't. There's nothing about him that that surprised anyone. I don't think. He was, um, he was as advertised. Right. I think that's a good way to put it. And it, it wasn't super flashy, but it really wasn't the conditions to have a super flashy type of day. Uh, I, I think there's going to be plenty of playmaking. I mean, we saw the playmaking ability on the play to Theo Weiss, right? Uh, getting outside the pocket and, and making a nice throw downfield. I think that's going to be excellent. I think you'll see him... You know, one of the, the wrinkles that, that we didn't really see, I guess we did once, but they whistled it dead. Um, we didn't really see him in the cold running game much. I think there'll be some of that sprinkled in. But like the overwhelming takeaway from the offense is, buddy, when they get into Big 12 play, defenses in this conference are screwed. Yep. They'll go way faster than what they did, what they did on Saturday. I mean, they they were going fast, but they'll they'll be they'll be a lot faster. I think once the season they'll starts. be faster, and there's no one else that does that in this conference. And there's and I, I don't know, maybe TCU is going to get into some of that, but there is no way to replicate what that does to you physically in a week of practice practice trying to prepare. Your scout team cannot replicate that. And once it gets going downhill on you, it just it's like it's like an avalanche. And I think they're gonna be really, really, really good. Because, you know, even though they broke the offensive line up into into different groups, I think the offensive line, um, I, th- I thought for the most part they looked pretty good. You know, late they they started giving up some some pass rush stuff. But I thought they looked pretty good, and whenever they're together as one unit, and they're able to put start putting those drives together over and over against the defense, it's just it's going to take its toll, man. Yeah, I think, I think that offense is going to be dangerous. And I've been saying with you for a few weeks now that I, I, I mean, I it's just a thought that I have or a feel. I feel like this O line is going to be at its best next year when they are going up tempo and when they're going fast. So on one hand, not only is it going to be difficult for Big 12 defense is to kind of live in that world against that when they're going up tempo. But if the O-line is at its best, like I think, when they're going up tempo, then that fixes everything offensively. I mean, we've, we've said that, right? Dylan Gabriel will be great. Wide receivers, running game, all that. So, yeah, man, when, when they're going up tempo, they're going to be hard to handle. Um, is it a hot take to say that they are at least – Three deep at running back, especially after what we saw from Javante Barnes, who had two touchdowns on Saturday. Um, it's not a hot take at all, but we need a larger sample size. 
I like what I've seen from the youngster. Just through uh, 15 spring practices, I would say excellent, ahead of the curve. Now, you go through a, an off season in the strength and conditioning program, uh, a fall training camp, which I'm sure is going to be way tougher than it's been around here in a long time, and start getting into game prep. I I think halfway through next season, he's going to be a killer. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, Parker and I talked about this, and I, I, I was hoping that Marcus Major could emerge as kind of the closer back for this team, and maybe he still can. I, that's that, Not that that's over, but what I saw from Tawie Walker, just kind of the build that he has and – how he runs low to the ground. He was running over some dudes at times. Maybe he is what this offense will, you know, look at as maybe their closer type of running back. If they even have that role at all with the Jeff Levy offense. But I do think there's a scenario where three backs could get run in this offense this year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think I would still have Marcus Major ahead. Um, he is. We didn't get to see him on Saturday, but. That dude is big right now and strong. So I still think that we're going to see uh, Marcus Major have a pretty decent contribution to the team next year. Could be wrong. Could be wrong about that. But um, but that's that's at least my suspicion because he is – I mean, he's listed at like 225 pounds, and he is every yeah. bit of it. Dude's so big. I'm willing to say uh, that the spring was – I don't know if Britt Vittables would say it was a massive success. He's got different standards than maybe I do, but at least from, from what I've seen, what I've heard, the buy-in was there, it seems, almost immediately. And we've seen a lot of guys emerge, a lot of guys get bigger, and a lot of guys get better. I think the spring overall was a success – but it's about to get turned up, man. It is, um, it, it's already been a different environment around here, but especially when they get to those summer workouts, buddy, uh, the heat's about to get turned up by Jerry Schmidt and staff. They, I, I hope yeah. they're ready for it. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's going to be fun to watch, too. Um, really fun to watch. I'm, I, came a, I came away um, – happy with with how far they've come in a very very short amount of time it's really it's really three months right yeah you had uh they had a ton of time off after the bowl game i don't think they started strength and conditioning until like the 20th or something of of january it was late i started school i felt like it felt really late, and I think they had like a, a week of kind of orientation type of stuff, and then they got rolling. It's That's a short amount of time, and I feel like the team, there's so much about it that feels totally different. So imagine what we're going to see come September. I uh, I think we can all guess what uh, the former players thought, but the, the reception from the recruits was, was fantastic this weekend. Of course, the fan base, I mean – People, uh, according to the text line, telling their wives to be quiet and stop talking when PV was speaking, which some of our listeners got into small spats with their wife. I mean, but everyone was just blown away. I, I'm going to guess that was no difference from all the former players that were there. 
I don't know who you talked to individually about that and how they felt, but uh, I- I'm sure those guys were, were over the moon uh, about things too. Yeah. No, everyone seemed to – everyone that I talked to seemed to be, you know, just uh, same way. Thinks everything is uh, in a really good spot. Everyone's really happy. I think the, the current coaches that were there felt like Saturday was an absolute home run, special, uh, unlike anything else going on in the country right now. And, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to take out on the recruiting trails. They start to go see recruits here. I don't know if it's now. I don't know when the recruiting opens back up, but it's it's going to be here pretty quick, and that's going to be something that they can take out there. And I don't know. Response has been really, really good. Anyone else that from the game that stuck out to you, offensively or defensively? We haven't even mentioned um, the Cody Jackson into the transfer yeah. portal yeah. yet. Um, a, a guy that stuck out to me, and I think this is a really good sign. And I, I again, I, I've been telling you for a while now that I, I, there are positions that I might be concerned with in the off season. Skill position will not be a, a spot for me at all. I loved uh, how Theo Weiss looked on Saturday, and I'm really rooting for him yeah. uh, after everything that he's, you know, had to deal with, and he's coming back this year. He looks, he looks better. Like you had a list of guys that looked better than I thought that than you thought. Theo Wee's at the top of the list for me. Really happy to see him have that type of day. That was good. Yeah. He's still got a battle yeah. on his hands, though, because they are they are stacked at wide receiver, man, with Farouk, with Marvin Mims, and all those other guys there. He's still he's got ways to go to crack into that top three rotation, but he's he's got a chance. He looked good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the wide receiver spot is is totally stacked. And it, you know, even though you had Cody Jackson transfer out, hit the transfer portal, I, I think that you, you know you hate to see that because I think he's he's really good. You're still going to have a stat group. They're not going to be short at at the skill positions. That's for sure. It was a slow day for the tight ends. Not a whole lot of action uh, for the tight ends yesterday. But your big the big um, Mizzou transfer was lined up in the slot, and I think yeah. this was on the first possession. And he lined up, and I couldn't see his number, but I immediately knew, yeah, that's who that is. And maybe it was the second play of the game that they threw it to him right in the middle of the field, and he had a catch. But you're right, overall kind of a slow day, but they've just got some big – they just look like a bigger football team than, than what they have in the past. And that's only going to continue moving forward. But some of these newcomers, man, whether it be Jaden Gibson, a true freshman, or uh, who we just talked about, I mean, they're just some bigger bodies. Which bodes well. Yeah. Luulu, big old body out there, wearing number eight. Uh, Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes look really big at defensive end. They're both 260, 65 pounds. Uh, we're big at backer now. we got some good size at, at backer. So, no, good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at FSBO Homes today. Uh, you can't miss us. We're up in Edmond, just off of 150th in Penn. In the uh, the northwest corner there, in the in the shopping center, they do an outstanding job. First thing they're going to do is help you market your home, help you sell your home online, market it. Uh, easy links to follow for buyers out there. Uh, they can then go through your home really easy in the the virtual tour. They're going to help you get all that set up, and they're going to have attorneys on the back end help you with the contract part, the closing. Um, all of those things are taken care of. And the biggest thing is 
they're going to save you a whole lot of money. Average customer saves almost $12,000 in real estate commissions using their service. Uh, the times have changed. You don't need MLS like you did in the past. Uh, most people today, 92% of home buyers find their home on the Internet with Zillow, Trulia, or Redfin, or some of those other sites out there before they call a realtor. So it's a direct market to the consumer using fsbohomes.com. Stay tuned. Here's Baker Mayfield talking about the transition at head coach for OU. Baker was uh, awesome on Saturday, as we all uh, would have guessed. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, even 24-7 emergency repairs. Cavens can hook you up. Give him a call today, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612, or check them out, cavensconstruction.com. I was at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner when the USC game first showed on ESPN. And as you can imagine, it was boo throughout the entire place. <laughs> it got pretty loud. And I see someone throw up the double birds to the TV. Someone was uh, flipping off Lincoln while he was getting Whoa, interviewed. Wow. The guy had on an OSU shirt. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. First off, what, what's an OSU fan wearing OSU gear doing down here on this day? And two, he's even flipping off Lincoln Riley when he's on TV. Guy, everyone really does hate this dude. Wow. Uh, an Oklahoma State jersey? It wasn't a jersey. It was, like, it was a shirt. I, I think shirt? it was like a polo or something like that. But, yeah, oh. <laughs> even he had the double birds up. And I think O'Connell's got a pretty – there was a pretty loud boo that uh, happened uh, when uh, that situation took place as well. So, I think every establishment, once the USC game popped on, everyone uh, let out some loud boos there. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – I, I, so – we know the game ended. I'm not sure exactly what time the game ended, but right around the time Storm started uh, to move into the Metro, how long did the party go on on Campus Corner? I got out. Of, I it got kind of an all night thing. I got out of there at seven because we had to drive back to OKC, and like you said, the storms were bearing down on the place. But when I left there at seven, there was no indication that the party was going to end anytime soon. In fact, uh, I know someone that took his kid out of the place because there was a lot of partying going on. He was of a young age and maybe didn't want to necessarily his son to see everything that was going on there. So, uh, yeah, I Kyler Murray d- drove down the main strip of Campus Corner in some car and everyone was going crazy. There was, there was a lot going on, on on Saturday night. Wow. Very nice, very nice, good stuff. Um, I had an observation that maybe you would would think is interesting from the game right. on Saturday. And maybe it's because I'm just used to hearing it now, but is it possible that you do the PA 
announcer voice better than the actual PA announcer does it himself? Is, um, that, is I, that possible? Yeah, um, I, I think that that's probably true. Um, I've, I've thought <laughs> that for a while, so it feels good for you to finally say it out loud on the show. Do you like how can we do a contest between me and him somehow to see who does it the best? Uh, probably. You, you know I think what, so. You know what makes me smile? Um, and I didn't think about this on Saturday, but it makes me smile that whether you're on the sideline or up in the booth, that you hear that first down suitors and you start laughing to yourself a little <laughs> bit. That is what makes my day. I love that. I, I think. Saturday was the first time I ever heard the first down Sooners, honestly. And it was loud and really long. And I was thinking, huh, that's that's quite the announcement in a um, a (laughs) non-consequential practice game. But, hey, I like it. Get the get the crowd uh, amped up. Pretty interesting stuff. But I still think that the enhanced version of your take on the PA announcer is is better than the original. How many times? Pretty good stuff. How many times have you heard this in Saturday? Man, it, it feel like a real game out there. Did it feel like a real game to you? Feel like a real game to me? For it's been I, no less than sixty times for me. I did overhear. It's just different. <laughs> you know, I did overhear that once, which was great. And yeah, man, it was cool. It was really cool. I'm I'm halfway surprised that it didn't end up being a disaster considering that we had 75,000 in the stadium. I don't know how many thousands outside the stadium and they didn't have very many gates open. They didn't have any of the typical roads blocked off, like around Campus Corner or Lindsay or anything like that. They just, yeah, we'll go ahead and leave all of that wide open, even though we've got, you know, 100,000 people That ain't happening next campus. year. I can promise you that thing will be closed down oh, I know. next season. Uh, you're talking about the next spring game next yes. year? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I was shocked by that. And I first noticed it whenever we went to Balfour and I, you know, there's still people, I walk out of Balfour and there's a ton of people at Campus Corner. And the first thing I thought was, I don't know why this road isn't shut down. And secondly, I don't know why the hell anyone would try and drive down it like they are right now, which is a total disaster. But that was me. Yeah. I thought that that was really strange that they didn't. They didn't shut some of that stuff well, down. Well, I, I did drive right down it because I the spring game, the streets are always open. And, and, I, and I take that opportunity to get a spot right on Campus Corner because you can't do that during game day, right? So I show right. up, um, I think, a little more than four and a half hours before the game started to get ready to do our pregame show. I can't find a, I can't find a parking spot on, on that strip. And, in fact, I, I looked over, and there's a massive line – Four and a half hours before the game, outside of O'Connell's, people waiting for 11 a.m. to get here so they can go in and eat. I was like, it's going to be that type of... That's when I first knew that, man, maybe my 60000 that I was anticipating is going to be a, a little bit more than that. I've never... I, dude, forget a spring game. I don't remember another home game where it's four and a half hours before the game and it's looked like that. 
Is it, it was insanity. Yeah. Yep. So cool, man. So yep. cool. Very good. Very good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out FSBO Homes today. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com. Give them a call, 405-594-7911. They can help, your, help you sell your house, market your house online. Take it directly to the consumers. You don't have to pay the, uh, the real estate commissions out there that are up to 6%. Their typical customer saves almost $12,000 in commissions by using FSBO Homes. They also have attorneys on the back end to help you with the contract and uh, closing, which is a really, really good tool because it can become pretty complicated, and they help walk you through that process, make sure you take home the most money that you absolutely can. All right, quick time out with some things that caught my eye next. Stay with us. It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Oh, buddy. Uh, There are some angry folks out there. Tyler McComas. Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Yes. Yes. $44 billion. Elon Musk is now, uh, I guess, taking the company private. I don't know exactly what's going to go down there. I don't. I don't know what the what the exact uh, paperwork says, but yeah, forty four billion bucks. Um, wow! And there's some people that are under feel like they are under attack with Elon Musk. Uh, ask acquisition of Twitter. Pretty interesting to see the sparks fly on the social media network, yeah. isn't well, it? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I'm just excited about the possibility of maybe an edit button because there's nothing like hitting send and then 10 minutes coming back and saying, what an idiot that I spelled that <laughs> wrong and I can't go back and change it. So there's a lot of people around here that do need an edit button on Twitter for uh, – you know, some of the way that they spell things, so hopefully that works out for them. Yeah. But I am definitely excited about the uh, the potential of this. Yeah, it is kind of interesting to see what type of changes may come down. Um, not sure what all they are. He has said something about some open sourcing for algorithm stuff and uh, verifying every single human that is on twitters because i know there's a lot of those bot accounts and stuff like that uh so i don't know it it is it is somewhat interesting to see where it ends up but it's got some people all worried about what's going to go down and i don't think there's going to be much of a change to really anything at all um i saw this that i thought was interesting amazon tyler is bidding to get a black friday game NFL game the day after Thanksgiving be an afternoon game. Uh, they've bid between seventy and one hundred million dollars. 
for that game. And uh, it sounds like some of the the NFL folks are not happy because it's going to be an additional game that someone's going to have to play on short rest, which we know is the end of the world and impossible for football players to pull off once or twice a year. But 70 to $100 million, which is interesting. You know, with Netflix, what was it, a week ago we saw had what, was it 400,000 users leave the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're going to crack down on people sharing passwords. Right. So it's interesting to see, you know, that problem come through. And meanwhile, some of the other streaming services out there trying to get some live content, live sporting event content, and Amazon thrown down 70 or 100 million bucks for a Black Friday game. You in for NFL day after Thanksgiving game? Sure, why not? Um, if we're really worried about the quick turnaround, let, let's just do what we always do. Anytime there's a game that you know no one wants to travel to London or no one wants to turn around, we just throw the Jaguars in that game, right? So I'm sure that this won't be any different. The Jags will play that Black Friday game on Amazon. It's, it, that's what Jacksonville's here for, to play the game that nobody else wants to play in. It works out great. Oh, yeah. I've just been handed a note. Uh, the Houston Texans and yes, Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. Exactly. Yes. New tradition. Yes. Black Friday game every single year between those two uh, those two teams. Pretty funny. Um, there's a lot of uh, buildup going on right now as the draft nears. And locally, obviously we've got the Sooners um, that are going to be going in the draft. But a lot of attention now moving towards Baker Mayfield. What's going to happen? Is there going to be a trade out there? Is, is Cleveland going to be able to salvage anything for Baker Mayfield, or is the league going to force them to uh, cut him and pay that $18 bucks that they owe him in his guaranteed contract whenever they picked up his option? So that's kind of interesting to watch. Yeah, I think he'll get traded on draft night, most likely, or shortly after. I think that uh, they'll get a terrible um, return for what he's actually worth out on the open market. Um, I'm I'm hoping though that they have to just outright cut him and eat the 18 million dollars. He goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers and he beats Cleveland twice and wins the division as the starting quarterback. Now I don't care one way or other uh, the other about the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially as a Dallas Cowboys fan. But if Baker goes to Pittsburgh, I will 100% absolutely root for the Steelers. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I already kind of have a, a soft spot for the Steelers, anyway. Uh, Thank you. Pick him the uh, Super Bowl every year. That would be awesome, and I I don't think anyone's going to trade for him, frankly, unless that trade includes Cleveland picking up a massive portion of Baker's contract. Like if they pay ten million of yeah, the I think eighteen that's million happen, man. in the trade, yeah, yep, yep. That's uh, that's the only way anyone's going to trade for him because they've already. I already picked their guy, and it's so funny to hear them say, well, yeah, maybe we'll keep him after all, because you never know what could happen. Yeah, right. There is zero chance that Cleveland wants Baker on the team and that Baker wants to be on the team. It's not happening. There's no, no way. No, no chance at all. And and for his sake, I you hope got he's anything? elsewhere. Yeah, I, I got a few things. First, I want to play you a, uh, a quick clip 
from the Sterling Shepard interview that we had on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I made the comment to him that, hey, I mean, this kid's got a long way to go, but, you know, Jalil Farouk was wearing number three and kind of resembled you a little bit out there. And here was uh, Shep's remark to that. Uh, hold on, if I can turn down the music here. Here was Shep's remark to that. It was, uh, it, it was pretty cool. Um, hope that you could hear Shep uh, over that music that was happening at Yo Pablo on Saturday night. But pretty cool that Farouk changed his number this offseason to Shep's and said, uh, I picked this number because of you, man. I'll, I'll represent it Awesome. Well. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, and it uh, looks good in three out there. And that's, that's really nice of, of Shep to say. Yeah, uh, here's a headline from an article on 24-7 Sports. Program changers? Question mark. There's a lot to love about Texas 2022 transfer class. So I'll be totally honest, I did not watch any of the Texas spring game. I've only seen uh, a highlight of a Quinn Ewers touchdown pass that he had uh, that he threw down the field. But apparently uh, Jaleel Billingsley, the transfer from Bama, Quinn Ewers, there's the hot take out there now that, whoa, are these guys program changers down there in Austin? Spoiler alert, no, that's a terrible take. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, it may be a terrible take. I have no idea. I've heard that uh, Alabama wide receiver is an absolute beast. Um, and it's a shame that he went to Texas. But I don't know. What do you? So what do you think? Is Hudson Card going to come to Oklahoma? Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Uh, no, he, will, he is being lied to and told that there is a legitimate quarterback battle. Therefore, he will stay in Austin. But Hudson, if you are listening, unfortunately, and I think that you're a nice player, and I bet that you're maybe even as equally talented as, uh, as the guy that you're battling against, but you do not have a chance to win this quarterback battle. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the way that Texas is run and all the NIL money that Quinn Ewers was paid. So I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to hear this from me, but you are not in a legitimate quarterback battle. You might take over at some point in the middle of the year if the play is bad, but this is Quinn Ewers' job uh, for week one. I'm sorry. How how would you feel if he did transfer to Oklahoma? I would absolutely love it. I that you are they okay. are they are going to get a transfer quarterback and you are hoping that you can get someone that has some experience playing at this level in case something goes wrong. Um Hudson Card, not that he lit the world on fire, but I think he'd be fantastic as your as your backup option. Do you think they'll pursue that? If he enters yes. the transfer portal, absolutely. Are are you hitting that? Do you know something? No. Are you sure? I don't. I'm just no. I'm just asking. Okay. Because I just I didn't know what what people would think. I don't. Has there ever been a a player transfer from Texas to Oklahoma or vice versa? Um, I'm sure that there has been. Right. I'm trying to think of someone. Uh, jeez. Uh, text line will let us know if there is someone, but there's got to be at, at least one probably out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, also, Dick Vitale, because you know he's a he's a college football expert. Just saw this clip <laughs> on at Texas football quarterback transfer at Quinn Ewers, and as a college football fan, a thought flashed: 
Could he be a deja vu of the next Joe Burrow? Dick Vitale making comparisons already from Quinn Ewers to Joe Burrow. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, come on. Devontae Lampkin. Thank you, Blaine. That's a, that's a transfer. Lampkin went to Texas? Uh, yeah, I, I guess he eventually did. I totally forgot about that. Oh, I I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, okay. um, I, I've got two more. Real quick, Tom Brady bought Bruce Arians a $50,000 watch as like a uh, going-away gift, essentially. So they're both wow. saying, well, see, see, told you we have a good relationship. You don't just buy someone a $50,000 watch if you just hate each other. Okay, guys, I'm not necessarily buying that one. Um, and my last one real quick. I'd rather have, just so everyone knows, I'd rather have a $50,000 lawnmower than I would a $50,000 watch. I think it's totally useless. Oh, it, Teddy, if someone bought me a $50,000 watch, I'd go sell it for 30000 and just keep the cash. <laughs> I'd rather have the 30000 than the $50,000 watch. Yeah. Same. Uh, Yankees Same. fans, uh, not a good showing this weekend. They were yeah. throwing a debris out Woo! of the field in right field. Uh, which has some people thinking that with the fa- the way that the fans have recently been acting, we are very, very close to another malice in the palace situation. Do you see that coming in sports uh, at any time soon? Um, I don't know. Here's the thing, man. The malice in the palace was was a huge ordeal. But NBA players make so much money now that – if you got suspended for a year, most likely you're going to cost yourself like 20 million bucks. And if you're one of the top guys, you're going to cost yourself like 40 million bucks. I don't think you're going to see any guys lose it like they did at the Malice in the Palace. I, I could be wrong about that, but, you know, that was coming close to 20 years ago. And the money is just so different now that i would be shocked if you saw but we all like that uh, we're place. all rooting for it right uh, the great situ- uh, uh, <laughs> yes, kevin durant yes. trying to go beat up some dude and he gets beat up by a boston fan that would be sweet that'd be oh, amazing yeah. oh yeah which by the way did you see the dude tackle that lady that ran on the field or <laughs> the court in the nba <laughs> yes almost as uh, great that of a dude tackle was ready. almost as great of a tackle as what 4 or 5 years ago when the uh, the cop at OU tackled that guy on the field. That was amazing. I know she was shocked by how quickly he got to her. She barely had one step on the floor. That was awesome. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, we'll wrap up our number two next here from FSBO Homes. Davis Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this reaction Monday. We'll get back to spring game highlights at the top of the hour. But first, Teddy's got a special guest to close things up. Yeah, I'm hanging out here at FSBO Homes up in Oklahoma City. Um, I'm here with Jeff White. Jeff, tell us a little bit about FSBO Homes. What's so special about what you guys offer and how is it different than the traditional process of selling or buying a home? Yeah, Teddy, thank you. I appreciate that. The, uh, the way we're different is that we really offer an opportunity for the do-it-yourselfer out there that wants to sell a home. 
and be able to do it themselves, well, they can go out there and we give them all the tools, all the resources they need to be able to go out and look professional and have the answers that they need and sell their home. Our average customer, this is the big thing, our average customer is saving over $12,000 in realtor commissions. And what I tell people is, we're making sure to provide them with professional photographs, you know, 3D video imaging. So when they're online, they're really putting their best foot forward, but the, making sure that they price right. We want to make sure that our customers, that they get maximum value. So we have a certified appraisal done on the properties so that they can know exactly what to price that home for and get maximum value. And then we provide attorney services on the back end. So when they do uh, get an offer on the home and they accept an offer, that the attorney services are there to draft the contracts for them so they don't have to figure anything out. The buyer didn't have to figure anything out. And the beauty of it is over 70% of our customers, when they sell, they're selling directly to the buyer, avoiding realtor commissions on the front end, and realtor commissions on the back end, saving nearly $12,000 every time they sell. It's awesome. Uh, 92% of home buyers now find their home on the Internet through Zillow or Trulia, and you guys help them take it directly to that don't really need MLS anymore. You can set it up yourself. You guys do an outstanding job. It's totally professional. Pictures are outstanding. People can uh, do the online virtual tour of the homes. It's a really good process, and uh, you guys are killing it. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour of The Rush is next. Stay tuned.